0: (laughs) Thank you, Monica. Uh, Welcome back to the Founders and Coders podcast. I'm Dominic and I love dark chocolate.
1: My name is Eve and I once had to leave China on an emergency passport. My name
2: is Natalie and I was once on the cover of a book. And I am Monica and I'm
3: scared of butterflies.
0: So today we're mainly going to talk about the final client project that a few of us did. Um, And by a few of us, I mean the three people with me today. So, Eve, do you want to give our listeners just a quick intro into kind of what the projects were, um, like what that final project is, and then what that meant for you?
1: Absolutely. So the final project on the bootcamp is a three-week project that we work on for a client, uh, an external client, on a pro bono basis. Um, and we spend one week designing and two-week building. So it's quite intense and we hope to get a minimum viable product of the client's idea out by the end of it.
0: Cool, and Natalie, do you want to have a go? kind of saying what the sort of problem was that you're trying to solve.
1: Um,
2: so the problem that our particular client wanted our help on was to make a, an app for medical students to help them practice for an exam where they get trained in soft skills but also in how to diagnose certain patients with A particular medical issue?
1: Yes so these are called OSCE exams which stands for Objective Structured Clinical Examination. So an actor generally in the real exam will play a patient um, who has a particular complaint, maybe chest pain, maybe a headache, maybe visual loss and the student has to interact with the actor and Trying to figure out what's wrong with the patient, but also interact with the actor in kind of a professional, appropriate way, and they have to hit very specific elements of a mark scheme, such as washing their hands as they enter the room, introducing themselves to the patient, uh, gaining consent for any examinations, those kind of things.
0: Um, Nathie's touched that. but Monica, do you want to give us an overview of the main problem that was kind of faced with regards to OSCEs? Yes,
1: yeah,
3: so our clients identified two main problems. The first one was with the cost of books that students would have to buy to practice for the exams and also another problem with the books. That while they were practicing, uh, they would not be able to see or record their um, answers. They would be able to record their answers, but they wouldn't be able to get like statistics on like how well they progress over time, for example. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't be able to like see how many times they did each uh, particular station or if they progress in like the amount of scores that they got from the last time and this kind of stuff. So that was important for the client to, to
0: solve. Then you've mentioned the design week at the beginning of the course, at the beginning of the three weeks. So what did that look like for you three?
1: So for us, our client came in and he already had sort of a prototype that he'd been working on as a native Android app. It was very basic and it was just kind of visual stuff. There was no real content um, or functionality. But he did have quite a few ideas about the design already, which we tried to work with, but still making the design our own. Um, He was particularly enthusiastic about the Google Materials kind of design themes of having certain buttons in certain places, having a nav bar at the top, so you can always go back. And um, We did try to incorporate um, some of those design elements into our own design.
0: Cool, so is that like Google Material Design, or is yeah. that the design system?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay,
0: cool. I mean, that's quite big with like, that's what they recommend for Android apps and stuff, isn't it? It is.
2: Yeah, so what we ended up doing was not necessarily downloading the components and using those, but we borrowed a lot of the elements that are Android-like, so we kind of have a navbar on top of the screen that kind of emulates um, the way Android stuff normally looks, and then we all also did all the buttons kind of flush
1: with the edge of the screen.
0: Cool, so you had your idea of the design of the project. Um, how did you sort of sort out your roles within the team going forward?
1: So there were four of us in the team. Uh, there was the three of us here and also Martin. Uh, you will have heard on earlier episodes of the podcast. So there were four main roles, although we kind of focused on three of them because the fourth role of researcher was kind of an ad hoc role. Um, so I would say the most important role was scrum master, which was performed fantastically by Natalie. Woo. So that was the person who was in charge of organizing the day-to-day work, the workflow, who's going to work on what, uh, and also leading stand-ups every morning where we talked about what we'd done the previous day. Then the second most important role was Monica's role of DevOps, which was all things deployment, um, which she did fantastically.
0: How did you find that, Monica?
1: All great. So we started with uh, uh, deploying in Netlify,
3: and then, as soon as we figured we're going to need a database,
2: we decided
0: to move it to Heroku. Oh, cool. Yeah, because Netlify do you just static sites, don't they? They do easy. Oh, okay.
2: But it was useful for the client to be able to look at our progress and kind of see what we were yeah. working towards. So before we actually
1: had a working uh, database, it was useful to push it just on there. Online. Yeah.
0: Oh, OK. And um, what did you do, Eve?
1: So Martin and I shared partly the research role which we we did do a little bit um but our main responsibilities were as qas which is quality assurance which essentially meant that we told other people what was wrong with their code and was the perfect role for me
0: yeah i i also chose that role on my team for the same reason it was great to tell people um what was wrong with their code and mm-hmm. then feel great about myself and
1: how I reflected poorly on them as a person (laughs) and on their
0: family exactly (laughs) exactly
2: for generations for generations um uh, you also the QA's you also started out by structuring the code to make sure that we were going down the right path because we were using react and was the first kind of time we were using react in a big scale project yeah so we also use the QAs to kind of see a little bit ahead and kind yeah. of plan out what would be components, think ahead, and yeah, just kind of think about what different things would need to be passed as props and other things. Um, so not, you not only look at the code at the end, but also kind of set the rules for the code before we started.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. On that note, I think basically all the groups found that you know, we had been introduced to React basically just before we started these projects. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting how we pretty much, I think, well, everyone used React and seemed to get along absolutely fine with it. Well, I think just a few weeks earlier, it maybe looked a bit intimidating slash seemed a bit unrealistic to take this thing we'd only spent a few days learning and actually use it in a, a client-facing app.
2: Yeah, I have to say that I, having done a, a three-week project before this, uh, not knowing React, I yeah. th- could really see the use of yeah. it for this project, so I do think it was the right choice.
0: Yeah, no. nice.
2: I
3: think also it was great to use React for this project because it was quite long, like the longest project we actually did throughout the course, and I guess you, while making so many components in the project, like we had so many of them, yeah. Then you basically learn it by heart and you don't even think about it when you make a new component. It's just like second nature to you.
0: Yeah, that was a really good point. And for any listeners who don't know what React is or want to just find out a bit more about it, we'll add some useful links in the show notes. So we've talked a bit about the design and the roles. Um, do you want to just talk about the overall experience and kind of how you felt developing it and then what the final product looked like?
1: Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it, um, we had a really nice client, we had a uh, really good relationship with our client. It was nice to spend a lot of time making a very clean code base that we felt could be built on in the future, but because I think we all feel that there's a lot of potential for the project in the future, there are lots of features that can be added, um, some functionality that we'd hoped to fit into the, the build but didn't have time to complete. Um, I really enjoyed the role as QA. Um, I felt it kind of helped us just build a much cleaner code base.
2: Uh, I liked how it, the project was big enough for us to kind of almost start focusing on what we like to do. So we had. The two people who are quite keen on the back-end stuff, uh, doing that, and then the other two who were a bit more interested in front-end and interaction, how things looked, and make sure that the pixels were the right number and all of that, uh, got to do those things. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that normally when you kind of have a two-day project, you just like all hands on deck and you're just uh, doing stuff all over the place. Uh, But now it was kind of big enough for us to kind of, yeah, start doing stuff that we were actually interested in and spend a bit more time on that. So that was very fun, I think. Yeah, that's a
0: really good point. How about you, Monica?
2: Uh, I think that it was great having
3: a client who was also like, uh, had technical knowledge because he started uh, some programming recently, I think. And it was great because he basically was very active on GitHub as well. And was like giving us feedback pretty much straight away, was very keen on like seeing life changes and it was great.
1: So if you want to see the result of our three-week project, you can go to Oskyboski.com or follow the link in the show notes.
0: Were there any kind of big struggles or like difficult design decisions you feel were made during the project?
1: We uh, had, yes. Oh go,
3: go, go. I don't know, I don't remember but definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know we had a uh, some issues um what was really interesting for me was that we were ver- we introduced Natalie to the Pomodoro technique at the very beginning because me Eve and Martin were working together in a previous project so Natalie was like a new addition to the awesome group <laughs> making the group even more awesome so um yeah so we started with like big on Pomodoro and then like, Weeks later, we were like, Okay, no time for this, stuff nothing, let's go this up. No, no Pomodoro. So, I don't know how Natalie felt about it.
2: Um, I feel like I spent many days failing at Pomodoro. I, I tried, like, tried to keep to it, and it got too intense. Then, I figured out that there was a longer break in there, and then we just kind of dropped it. I don't know if that was my um, no. but we, we tried we tried all kinds of ways to do Pomodoro and yeah. then I think we just ended up with tasks that were too big to split yeah. up
1: yeah I think that's a result of a, a larger project a more complex project is that a 20 minute time period is just not long enough to get st- stuck into a really difficult problem Yeah. Um, so in a way it starts slowing you down
0: but I think also it depends on whether you're just taking a while to get through it or if you're actually stuck I feel the Pomodoro Technique definitely does, can work really well for people, but I think it often really shines when you're really getting stuck. And then that five minute or however long that break is, gives you time to just kind of take a step back from the problem and then help you solve it when you get back into it. I mean, you you might have that Eureka moment when you're just walking around, getting some fresh air, thinking about something else. But yeah, I think if you've got a big task, where you kind of know what you're doing but it's just taking a long time to get through that's a bigger issue um cool so we've all come to the end of our our 16 week course and we're all kind of off to do different things well Um, two of us are doing the same thing but (laughs) (laughs) so monica first uh, how did you find the course and what are your current plans
3: so the course was great i definitely didn't expect to know so much more than before i started uh, so uh, all classes here and now I am going to be continuing my journey with Dom in
0: a uh, paid internship at Ticketmaster
3: yes. so
0: for four plus months we'll be working together there good segue into me as well yes yeah, so I'll be joining Monica at Ticketmaster where several of the um, alumni of our course have worked before and several of the people that did the internship um, now work there full-time. Yeah, I also loved the course echoing exactly what you said Monica I didn't think I would learn as much as I've learned. I was happy to sleep in a bit after the course ended Because I realized that even though we start at 10 a.m. I'm still getting very sleep-deprived um, But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really really happy that I've done this course and I'm glad I made the jump. How about you Eve?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with all of that. I would say I didn't think it was possible to learn this amount in 16 weeks. Um, And although I'm still nervous about what my first real job will bring, I'm looking forward to it. Um, So I have a software engineering role lined up outside of London, sadly, but I'm very much looking forward to it.
0: Great, and Natalie?
1: Uh, Yeah, I
2: am moving back home to Stockholm, so see you later. (laughs) Where I will be continuing my developer journey. I have some interviews lined up there, and I will be freelancing uh, while before, w- while I move, before I move, after I move, and until yeah. I get a job, yeah. I guess. Uh, But yeah, the course has been amazing. And also, not only do I feel like I am a proper developer, but also I feel like I've done so many different things. I was able to do design stuff, I was able to do interaction stuff, I was able to do React components and also scrumming, which was great. Um, yeah. So it's not only code and servers and endpoints, it's also like everything else and whatever else you want to get into.
0: Yeah, definitely. So that's, that's, that's a really good point. Um, and you just come out of a week of mentoring the new code, haven't you?
2: Yes, <laughs> Sorry. I.
0: Mean, I we see we, it. <laughs> I'm we 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 have a guest who wandered into the room. Um, he's actually on the car. call. Do do you, do you want to Charmaine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Charmaine, uh, you let us know. Yeah, how, how does she do? <laughs>
1: she's done really well. I think she's because she's quite lively. You can see and she yeah. interacts with people. So I think she's done really well. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. you're approachable. Don't you have a dog? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she's very approachable. Yeah, she I'll ask you for a real opinion when she's when she's <laughs> right. okay. when, when, when she's in Stockholm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 how how, how did it feel to no, i teaching at it's
2: been It's been, first of all, super surreal to yeah. be here two weeks ago and I was the student yeah. and then, you know, you get one week off and then you come back and you're the teacher and it's really strange because you, that classroom used to be yours but all of a sudden you don't even have a seat in there and you're yeah. kind of like perched on whatever left over to sit on. Um, so that was weird. Uh, but it also really makes you realize that like 16 weeks ago we didn't know what Git was mm-hmm. and it becomes second nature and it, it was very interesting to just yeah. see that yeah, how far you've come, because it's really it's really difficult to keep track of that as you go along. Yeah. And it was something I told the students in week one, that like it's really important to reflect on your learnings, because you will forget. You will spend 16 weeks feeling like you know nothing, because you feel like you're always behind, but you're actually not. If you come back and you teach week one, you realize, wow, people actually struggle with it, and <laughs> n- now, 16 weeks later, it just...
0: Yeah. Mm. So. Oh, great. Yeah. Looking forward to my my week teaching. So, just to round us off, um, if people want to, you can say where to find you and a recommended resource, be it a funny article, informative video or anything else.
3: So, I don't know if this is a resource, but I just (laughs) found it really funny and interesting. I got this uh, link that I guess Dom is going to touch.
0: Yeah, I'll put in the
3: show then. So it's opposed <laughs> by someone called Beeple Crab, and it's okay. from Instagram. And it basically present it's called Last Programmer. And it presents a statue of like an alien looking creature with a human head and a lot of arms. And it's kind of like very tall and also there is a little story describing what will happen to programmers in the future. Read it. Oh,
0: great. So, yeah, there'll be a link to that in the show notes so we can see what our future holds. Uh, and do you have a GitHub handle or Twitter or anything you want people to know about?
3: No Twitter. GitHub handle B-R-Y-M-O-N.
0: Rhyme That's nice. Um, I'm virtual Dominic on GitHub and Dominic Digital on Twitter. Um, I have slightly more followers than I did in my first episode, so that's great. Uh, <laughs> still, not very many, but I'm proud. My parents are proud, etc. Um, my recommendation would be the Hidden Brain podcast. Um, some really interesting episodes on there. One recent one about the opioid crisis opioid crisis in America. Um, so I'll put a link to that.
1: So my recommended resource is a new society in London. It's called the Ladies of London Hacking Society. And it's a really welcoming, cool group of women who are into all things cybersecurity. security. It's kind of open to anyone from any level. Um, there are people part of the society who have been in the field for decades. And there are other people like me who are just starting to explore it as a potential career option there's always free beer and free food so it's well worth coming
2: my uh, recommendation would be a gif obviously and it is a for gif (laughs) where everyone's stretching their hands up and stepping really fast with their feet because that is how you feel every day when you come in to FAC of course
1: I mean, I think we should do a whole podcast of audio descriptions of GIFs.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll, that'll be the next episode. That's a, that's a great idea. <laughs> um, that's actually given me a fun mini project idea. Well, thank you everyone for coming on the, on the podcast. Uh, I'll be sad to see you go, Natalie, but I'm sure we can all visit you. Um...
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> I- <laughs>
0: You are very welcome, to
2: dumb. <laughs> Anyone in this room is very welcome. Uh, also, Dom. <laughs> <I am dumb. laughs>
0: the terrified look in our faces, otherwise. So.
2: I uh, will shut the door if you're on the other side uh, in Stockholm. No, uh, you can also find me on any social media. Just look for N John's which is the start of my
0: first name and last
2: name and maybe I'm on there, maybe I'm not.
0: (laughs) Nice. Cool. Uh, Well, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.